Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Real Positive Girl podcast. My name is Sabrina. Happy Monday to you all. We are almost into a new month. Isn't that crazy? And I know that people say that all the time, so it's probably one of those cliche um, type of phrases or things to talk about. But I feel like the pandemic made things go very slowly, but then also very quickly because we're already halfway through the year. So it's just very interesting to me. So anyway, happy Monday. I hope that you all had a fabulous weekend. Um, I always say it every week that I hope that you were productive, but I also hope that you had some downtime and I hope that it was just really, really enjoyable. So um, yeah, I hope that you're having a good day today. Um, And if your day is just beginning, I hope that's going to be pretty great, pretty fantastic all the way through. And if you're in the middle or towards the end of your day, I hope that you're still having a great day. Just remember that if you aren't having a good day and you're kind of struggling a little bit and you're just having things flung at you, you're just feeling overwhelmed, I encourage you to take the five-minute reset, which is taking at least five minutes to yourself. And if you have more time, please take more time. But taking at least five minutes to yourself to kind of come back to baseline, you know, regroup, recharge, you know, get yourself ready to take on the rest of the day. Also take time to list at least four things that you are grateful for. Um, and those can be big or small things or medium-sized things. It doesn't really matter. Um, you can be grateful for your cat. You can be grateful for the earrings that you bought over the weekend or your new outfit that you ordered um, online or on Amazon like everyone's doing right now. I know I've, I've bought way too many things on Amazon. It's a problem. But and Or you can be grateful for um, being able to go on a, a small trip soon. You can be grateful for being able to see, finally see your friends after so long. You know, you can be grateful for being able to get a raise at work or still being able to work during the pandemic like and having to being able to work at home or whatever your situation is so it doesn't matter how big or small your your gratitudes are it's just the fact that you have them and I always suggest having at least four because that's like a a, a good size list to start with you know it's more than three more than one but sometimes five can be difficult um, but usually listing things that you're grateful for isn't too difficult also you want to be able to maybe take some time to problem solve whatever is getting in your way whatever is causing you trouble whatever you are struggling through and in addition you want to be able to walk away from your five minute reset time Um, not feeling super negative, being able to get through the rest of the day, feeling at least neutral, if not positive, you know, altering your mindset if it's definitely um, feeling overwhelmed, feeling super negative, just feeling like you want to burn the whole world down. We've all been there. We've all been there. I totally get it. But you need to be able to walk away feeling like you can get through the rest of the day and you don't have to be happy or go lucky by any means. But you do know you do not want to be rubbing your bad mood on everyone else just for the sake of doing it because you're in a bad mood. Be grateful. Realize that without diminishing any of your feelings, just know that um, life is still good. There's still opportunity to enjoy things. There is still going to be a fresh new day tomorrow. You know, you'll have the opportunity to have a better day. So just remember those things and don't come away from your five minute reset time until you're able to walk away feeling at least neutral, knowing that you can still enjoy the rest of the day and get through it and know that tomorrow is going to be a better day. But again, happy Monday. This week, we are talking about a topic that I love, but I also um, suffer from greatly, which is always interesting um, that I choose topics when I suffer from them, and I haven't even fully found all the complete answers, but um, 
I find it very interesting, but this week we are talking about social anxiety, um, and I'm very excited about it because the research that I've done is so great and very eye-opening and more than I even knew um, in just in my general studies, so I'm excited. I hope that you're excited, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, oh, and today, Monday, <laughs> we're going to be talking about what is social anxiety, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Social anxiety is something that affects so many people. Um, Let me start this episode with some stats for you to understand how prominent this is in the community. Approximately 18% of Americans suffer from it, which equates to over 15 million Americans and probably many more with those that are undiagnosed. Um, And only approximately 37% of people affected are actually getting treatment. That's just so crazy which is only six out of every 10 people affected. And those numbers are just so, so crazy because that's just, it's, it's affected so many people just in our country. And, you know, six out of 10 people, that's a pretty high percentage. That's a pretty high ratio right there. So I'll kind of let that sink in. Also, I do want to like just throw in um, a little disclaimer that you know, I did research these numbers, but however, I don't believe these numbers are like super, super recent. I feel like they're just within the last couple years. So, um, I do believe that the numbers have risen, but I wasn't able to find a, a a source that was like for sure, for sure. You know what I mean? So I definitely wanted to get um, numbers, but these are within the last few years. So just know that that it's this, these numbers are something much higher, but yeah, six out of every 10 people, it's just crazy. Um, in all psychological uh, diagnosis, almost 7% of those have social anxiety disorder. And did you know that 50% of all diagnoses happen by age 11? 11. It's crazy. And 80% of all diagnoses happen before age 20. And 60% of all those cases are women. So, you know, it's tough being a woman out there. I mean, it's tough being a man. It's tough being whomever you are. Um, but these numbers are just so crazy. Like when I was reading them, I was just like, oh my goodness, it's overwhelming. Um, but yeah, like be 50% before or by age 11, that's so young, but that is generally when these disorders do uh, tend to occur. And before age 20, before you actually are fully into your adulthood, it makes total sense. And randomly, did you know that 50% of all diagnosed cases of social anxiety are also diagnosed with depression? Those things go hand in hand um, and it it makes complete sense. And I do suffer from that as well. And I'm sure many of you do as well. So Wow. I mean, you know, sometimes statistics can be really boring. I love statistics. It's actually one of my favorite classes I took when I was in college. But just knowing the numbers and how it affects people and truly looking at that as an uh, overall, it's just amazing. Um, Now, let's talk about what social anxiety is. It's a chronic mental health condition that causes irrational anxiety within social interactions. It's, It's a very uh, self-explanatory diagnosis. And I don't want you to be put off by the word irrational because it's not meant to be something offensive, but to describe your feelings lacking, you know, sound judgment, lacking mental clarity, and general reason. And if this still bothers you, the word, you know, irrational still bothers you, just know it's just a definition and nothing more. It's important to have definitions, but everyone is different, so the effects will be different. So, 
I wouldn't take that um, to heart necessarily. Um, however, I would encourage you that if you haven't taken the time to really have those come to Jesus moments with yourself um, and really ask yourself, are the feelings that you feel a lot of times when you are suffering from social anxiety, do you feel like if you actually were looking from the outside in, are those feelings irrational? And, and I, I guarantee you'll be able to say yes at some point because it's it's hard truths, but, but they're truths. Um, yeah, so just know that it's, it's not really an attack on you. It's just, it's a helpful definition. Um, social anxiety, uh, generally affects those in social interactions and causes fear, self-consciousness, and embarrassment. Some symptoms include fear of situations where they will be judged, be worried about embarrassment, um, offending someone else, being offended, or being humiliated. Um, and the negative connotations of possibly being judged by others can be a crushing fear. Crushing. I experience this like on the regular, no joke. And it can cause the avoidance of social situations altogether because the fear of embarrassment or feeling awkward is just too overwhelming. And it's just, oh, it's, it's, it just can be so overwhelming, especially when you, you know, you know, you're about to go into those situations that draw out all those fears and you have no choice and you, for whatever reason, have to go or feel the need to go, you know, because I've, I know that all of us suffer from social anxiety at a different level. So some of us could be suffering from it even more, you know, some in the middle, some are towards the end of the, like the beginning spectrum where it's not so overwhelming in your life and maybe it just hits you at certain certain pockets um but it can just be that crushing fear I do experience this on the normal you know I went to a party this weekend um where people that I knew some people and I didn't know you know a few people and I literally and it's and it's a party for someone that I've known for years and years and years and we're close and we used to live together in college and it's just so overwhelming because I had that fear of Am I going to embarrass myself somehow? Am I going to say something really stupid? Are people going to just look and stare at me? You know, am I going to feel really awkward at some point? And, um, and I also have dietary issues. So I was afraid I might accidentally eat something that might cause me to feel really sick. And that would like put me in the bathroom. And sometimes that makes for an awkward situation, just to be totally honest with you. Um, there are so many things that they can just like rise up in your mind and this, all this fear just bubbles up and it becomes super overwhelming. And so, um, it's like the fear of being judged and embarrassment and offending people and being humiliated. It's just all too much a lot of the times. Um, social anxiety disorder is diagnosed generally when these feelings impede on your daily life. You know, they take over, they creep in, they prevent you from doing things. They cause you to like switch things dramatically in your life because you just can't handle it. Now, to break down social anxiety a little bit more, it was psychologist David Moscovich that came up with the idea that social anxiety fears can be broken up into four different parts rather than it being based on the type of situation you are are in, like, you know, public speaking, like a fear of public speaking or a fear of direct conversations with someone else, you know, like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, Dr. Moscovich 
propose that those suffering from social anxiety are suffering more from a big flaw of theirs being revealed, not the situation itself. And I think this is true. You know, you're, you have this big fear that something is going to be revealed. You know, this big secret is going to come on, start to unravel because you aren't able to protect it because all the fears and anxieties are just swirling through that something might slip through the cracks, you know. And for me, I get extremely fearful when I go to a party with people I do not know very well or at all, you know, and I was just telling you that story of this weekend, and it's not really the party itself that I'm afraid of, but me saying something that will present me as dumb or uneducated, that is one of the biggest things too. I never, ever, ever in my entire life um, want to come across as uneducated, and that has been ingrained in me from like being a child and it's actually something that came from my father because he was always like that too um which is something I'll probably get into in the future at some point but it's it was so important to make sure you're educated but also my my dad was a a, he is a black man and so it was really hard to come across as someone that was worth speaking with someone that was important someone that, you know, was actually knowledgeable on things that, you know, many of his um, white male counterpoints were super knowledgeable about and people just immediately trust them. You know, you have to appear even more educated than most so that they actually will enlist trust in you. And so that was something that was passed down to me. And so that's always been a fear of mine. I never want to come across uneducated um, and that I will drop something um, and be embarrassed or be judged for how I look or, and what I say about myself. Those are generally all fears that happen when I go into some sort of party, social gathering situations, and it's just so overwhelming. So the four points, um, that he is talking about are, the first one is flaws in your social skills. The second one is fear that anxiety symptoms will be noticeable. The third is your appearance. And the fourth is your personality and character. And, you know, we'll talk more about those on Wednesday. So there's a little, you know, sneak peek for you. But I just wanted to mention them so that you're just aware of like the complexity that social anxiety has and not just being, you know, um, something like being necessarily just being afraid of parties. It can be more complex than that. So let's wrap this up by talking about how social anxiety is different for everyone. And just so you know, this is not a conclusive discussion. None of them are. None of my episodes, none of my podcasts are not a conclusive discussion on what social anxiety is, but a general overview. And I hope to give you a more deeper meaning as the week goes on, you know, and that's the purpose of every week when I bring up a topic. It's not going to be conclusive at all whatsoever. Sometimes I wish it was because I could talk for days and days, Um, but that's not the best for everyone. So I'm trying to make these things concise. And so, um, yeah, so as the week goes on, we'll talk more and more about it. Uh, Social anxiety is different for everyone, which means it could be just a public speaking fear, but it could be so much more. You know, it could just be these pockets of uh, things that you do in your life of public speaking or just one-on-one conversations or maybe just um, walking home alone or maybe like just, you know, talking about certain subjects. Like it could just, it could be all of those things or it could be so much more. Um, Ironically, it can have, it can be having the fear of showing your anxiety, uh, of people finding out you have social anxiety, of not knowing what the right thing to do is in gatherings, you know, so many things within the mix. And it varies by person as most mental health conditions do. And most importantly, it doesn't define you. 
I wanted to make sure I threw that in there. I'm sure that'll be speckled through the whole week, but um, it doesn't define you and who you are. It's a part of you. It may feel like it defines you, defines who you are because the feelings are so overwhelming, but you can gain control and overcome the power you feel it has over you because it is not who you are. It's just a part of you. It's just something that's kind of like clouding the judgment of who you think you are if you do think it's just like everything within you is encompassed within having social anxiety but just know that it doesn't define who you are at all it's just a part of you um and throughout this week uh there'll be times where I talk about like how to overcome it you know and uh, ways to challenge it on the regular so that you can let it just be a part of you and not uh in charge of you so I think we're gonna end it right there because I knew that this episode was gonna be a little bit long um but I don't want it to drown on too long because I know that a lot of episodes this week might be a little bit longer definitely within like the 20 minute range um but uh, thank you so much for listening to the Real Positive Girl podcast. I, uh, my name is Sabrina. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did and you know someone else that would, I encourage you to uh, share this episode with them and let them hear it too and enjoy it as well. And again, happy Monday. I hope that you come back uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week for the rest of the episodes talking about social anxiety and breaking that down. And uh that's about it. So I hope that you enjoy your day and tomorrow is an amazing day for you. And until next time, I hope you have a good one and we'll see you later. Bye.